Amen, amen. Y'all, I'm sorry. I just got to pray, Lord. We thank you for our amazing servants, those that are reading scripture, but specifically those behind the scenes that are helping us. I remember when I used to run slides, and when something would go wrong, I would be all jacked up. I wouldn't. Lord, I just thank you for our servants. They are trying to help us. Let them feel your presence with them because they are just as important as those singing, those hosting. And now, Lord, allow things to work together so that your word can be heard and preached. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Tech team indeed. Amen. Amen. So I, I, I remember um, my first gig and my children, uh, I, I don't think pastoring meets the, the job state, at least one of my kids doesn't think pastoring can compete with like my first job, which was uh, handling the fries and chicken nuggets at McDonald's. They, 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 that one is a little bit higher for one of my kids. And, um, and I remember that first job, I made $4.25 minimum wage. And, and from there, I had a ton of other little jobs moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. So I get to a point where now, I'm, I'm in seminary, and the year previous to me going to school, I made a whopping $22,000 as an assistant in a school for children with uh, behavioral challenges. And by behavioral challenges, I mean that uh, these children would take a stapler and chuck it at your head. Uh, and so it was an environment where we had to try to, we had some alternative methods to care for students. And, that $22,000 was like a billion dollars to me. It felt like it was, it was more than I had ever made in my life. And then we went to seminary. In seminary, I'm a student. And in the, in the night or in the morning, I would get up before class and I would go and I would, I would clean, uh, clean bathrooms while I was going through seminary. So I was making a little, little money, a little bit of change, but, but when we got towards the end of seminary, Rebecca got pregnant, and we needed a place to live. And I knew that our bank account wasn't going to provide it. <laughs> we, we didn't have the dough in the bank account to be able to go get a house. And now I'm feeling this weight on my shoulders as a father-to-be. My wife's pregnant, and I'm like, what are we going to do? So we started praying, started looking, and we called this dude, and he said, hey, I want to calm some of your worries. I want to calm some of your stress, because I know you don't have anything right now, but we will give you a house based on what you will make in the future. If your new job will supply a letter saying what your salary will be, we will pre-approve you for a house based on what that salary will be. Y'all know the tears start flowing. Oh, hallelujah! You know, I'm going crazy because now it's like what I thought I needed to come to the table with, I realized that somebody's supporting me, somebody helping, somebody even just sending something to say, we got them, changed our whole level of stability. 
Family, today we're diving into the book of Philippians, and that's what was read. So if you could turn there to Philippians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 14 through 20, and it's all about joy through God's provision, joy through God providing. That's what, that's what took place for me, and now I'm happy to say that God has allowed many fun uh, dinners to take place at our home, some parties to take place at our home. My kids might say there's way too many chores at our home, but God has been gracious to us. Joy through provision. We get, get uh, a, a new entryway into this topic of joy. Joy, if you've ever been to a, to a uh, sports arena, raise your hand. You know, you go to a sports arena, and, and a sports arena has so many doors of entry, so many ways that you can access the, the stadium. Paul gives us this book of Philippians, and he's trying to help us understand this concept of joy. And he's given us, through each chapter, different ways to experience it, to enter into this God-centered joy. And today's vantage point, today's doorway, is through understanding that God Provides. Look at verse 13. He says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He gives me strength in the midst of opposition to accomplish his kingdom purposes, his kingdom purposes, that, that all things we can do because of God's strength. That was last week's verse. So that, that's, that theme is going to carry over. Now you're going to see that your strength to be able to do any of this comes from God. But look with me at the first, first verse for this week. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, Paul says. Speaking to a, 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 a church group, speaking to a, a crew, speaking to these people that love him and have tried to help him, have tried to support him. He said, it was kind of you to share my trouble. That, that word share is the word we get called fellowship. Fellowship. You know, in, 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 in Detroit, they have something called uh, Detroit Hustle or Detroit Hand Dancing. And when you hand dancing, it's two people, and I, I wish I could imitate it smooth enough, but they just do, do, do 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 and when they're moving, it's almost like one person is on the dance floor. They're so in sync with it. See, that's the concept of fellowship. Fellowship is, is rooted in the, in the idea of two people going in the same direction together as one. And so Paul uses this term. He said, you fellowshiped, you shared, you bonded with me, you united with me. In trouble. In, in, in trouble. Sometimes when you make a stand for Jesus, when you take a stand for Christ, when you do something that is gospel-centered, when you maybe go against the normal mark, some trouble is going to come your way. A little bit of opposition may, may come your way. Maybe you're trying to think with a kingdom lens about where you want to live, or, or maybe you're trying to think with a kingdom lens about where you want to work, or, or maybe you don't go to some spots you used to go to because now you're walking with Christ. Maybe you don't tease friends in the way you used to tease, and you use your tongue to uplift, and now you're getting all types of trouble. 
trouble. He says that they are a partner that bonded with him in trouble. And, 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 and it is, it's so key to what Paul is trying to help us understand because this is not simply, hey, what's up, friend? I hope you're doing okay. This is like a, a, a sibling of yours meeting you at the hospital for your parent. I mean, this is, this is like a, a connection that runs deep, and he says to them, even though they are not present with him, and he's sitting in a jail cell, y'all share in this. Y'all share in this, in this attack on the gospel as a, as a partner. Continue with me in verse 15. I, I, I remember... Uh, I remember my wife would laugh, right? Because sometimes, like, 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 like men, I ain't gonna speak for all men, but occasionally I've heard some men say, Yeah, you know, when my wife was pregnant, I had sympathy pains. And my wife would laugh, like, This dude over here jumping on my stuff and kicking in my stomach and do, you know, and you having sympathy pains. Like, 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 Get, get this idea of, 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 of a union so deep that you feel the, the, the pain of one another, even if you're not present. And then in verse 15, he says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. There's this commentator named uh, Melek that says this. He says, since Paul committed his life to the progress of the gospel and measured his success by the proclamation of the gospel, their, live, their giving promoted a natural friendship, a, a deeper bond. The early days in Macedonia had been difficult. Paul suffered physically in Philippi. In Thessalonica, his work caused an uproar, which resulted in, depart, in his departing the city. These difficulties were external. But perhaps the greatest difficulty was that the other churches failed to help him. In this, Philippi was different. From the very first time it supported his work, it evidenced a genuineness of salvation and love for Paul. Don't it hurt when you expect someone Someone that's your ride or die, someone that is your, your bond agent, someone that you know just got your back. Doesn't it hurt when it seems like they just don't show up? Paul is doing gospel preaching and he's doing a, a kingdom focus and he's saying, hey, I'm about to share the gospel in this manner. I'm going to be challenged. Can you put some money on my books? Can you help me out with some financial assistance as I'm going to be proclaiming the gospel? Excuse me. He doesn't even, he doesn't, he, Paul never begs and asks for money in that way. But he's about kingdom business and gives you the opportunity to join financially and silence. Little support, no, no help. Oh, we'll pray for you, Paul. But not this church. Not this book. Not this group. This group says, we're bonded. We're going to partner with you. We're going to be in fellowship together, and you're going to experience it through our giving. It's very tough, family. 
very tough to do kingdom stuff alone. When we started MacAv, and you've heard this a bunch of times, but I'm going I'm to keep saying it because it's a part of our history, and I don't want it to ever be lost. When we started MacAv, we said, hey, we want to do something that, that we just feel like the Lord's putting on our heart. Like, not that it's the only way to do church, but we believe this is an expression of Christ's kingdom here in this community, that it would be so beautiful to have folks living near one another. But there's something amazing in community that you get when I get to sharpen you and you sharpen me, that, that there's something beautiful when I can say neighbor and it, and it actually have a connection. And we talked about having this, this uh, process of discipling and seeing people grow in Christ and, and seeing somehow God draw close together folks from different walks of life that, that, that people with a whole ton of money and people with a little bit of money and folks with PhDs and folks with uh, associates and all types of stuff, races, gender, all this stuff coming together and that Christ would be at the helm. And we had some churches say, let us know how that go. But, but you see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move my family. We're going to move into Detroit. And uh, we were asking if you would help join our team so that day one, I'm not trying to, trying to live off of the tithe, but I can actually be out in the streets sharing the gospel and talking with people and helping. And come back in a year or two. Let us, let us know if it works. Then maybe we can revisit our budget. I mean, we heard, we heard some stuff in those earlier days. But there was one. Actually, <laughs> praise the Lord, there was many. There was the Grace Community Churches. There was the Hope Community Churches. There was the Community of East Gloucester Churches. There was Citadel of Faith. There was Lisa Johannan down in Central Detroit Christian. There was people who believed in us, and we didn't need a thousand. We had our one. I want to encourage you, be willing to maybe be the one for somebody else. Maybe it is your financial help that would be a blessing and help somebody get over the threshold. Maybe it is you coming along and Edith has shared of, of, of ways that when freedom riders were fighting for civil rights, there was folks that said, yeah, and I'm going to be in the back making chicken sandwiches so people will have something to eat when they're on those hot marches. I don't know the way in which God will use you. But you could be the one that sets a fire somebody else who's out in the field for the gospel. Be someone else's expression of joy. Partner with someone that's doing something great. There's a, a, a young man, and, a, and, and I met him probably two or three years ago. He's a, no, it's probably more than that now. He's a frat brother of mine named Elijah who has uh, Detroit Woe. Is that, am I saying it correct, Roger? And, and Rogers come along so behind this young man who's been investing in young men in our city and breathing some life into what he's doing. Just, just you can be that joyful presence. That's an encouragement. Continue with me in verse 16. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases your credit. I seek, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases your credit. You see, the, 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 the whole posture here 
is, is him acknowledging the help they have provided, but most importantly, him saying thank you. Saying thank you. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get better in this, y'all. I, I, I'm blessed today, and I have my, my mother-in-law's here. If, if one of y'all just randomly stopped by my house and says, oh, hey, how you doing, Pastor? We just want to say hey. My mother-in-law pull out a card the next week like, did you write them a thank you? It's, it's a posture that's, that's real. It's, it, is, it, is, it is one where, where you could have gone anywhere. You could have done anything with your time, and you chose to invest your time in me and our family to randomly pop by here, and we want you to know that we are thankful. That's, that's the heart behind this. He's not trying to celebrate. You get all the credit. Look at all the money y'all gave. No, no, no. It is a, it is a posture of gratitude, and, and sometimes, y'all, if we can be real, we get we get used to getting hooked up. We get, we get used to walking into stores, getting discounts, getting emails sent to us with, oh, you qualify for this. We get used to friends, like giving you a little something that just is a blessing. And it can, it can lower your standard of gratitude. Where, where we don't go the extra mile to say, Thank you. Yeah, it's cool to send it in a text. Thanks, THX. But what, what, what would it demonstrate? How, how much of a gift would it be if someone realized that you took a little extra time to acknowledge the grace that they extended? What's it look like for people to know that that you're grateful. Why? Because what they are doing is making an investment in God's kingdom through you, through us. And so Paul is seeing this not as you just giving me money to put on the books. Paul sees this as money being contributed towards advancing God's kingdom. Towards seeing a new earth. Continue with me in verse 18. I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Mm-mm-mm. So much goodness here. I'm going to camp out on probably the last five words a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. This church, the Philippian church, when, when, when you, when you, if you, if I ask you to close your eyes right now, and I shouldn't say close your eyes, because if I say you close your eyes, you're going to tip over like this. All right, wake up, y'all, wake up. Y'all with me? Amen, amen. All right. So when you think of church, if I had told you to close your eyes, what, what visual image comes to mind of the church? Is, is it a building that seats 15,000? Is it a building that, that seats 20? You see, the reason why this was a sacrifice that was acceptable is because this church 
was a church that invested, they gave, and they were a church that was poor. They were a church that didn't have much. They were a church that all the people got together to give to help one dude. What what type of offering could we put together if everybody in the congregation was just trying to give towards one guy? We could set them out. We can hook you up. We might be paying off mortgages or we might be paying off cars. We might be. These people were poor. That's why it's not a, 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 a out of abundance gift. It is a sacrificial gift. They were given out of stuff they didn't have, but because they believed in the kingdom vision, they invested. I ask you what your image is because uh, the average, excuse me, not average, my statistics people would, would, would hurt me. The median church size is 75 people. When you think of the number of churches, like I think it's like, like an overwhelming number of churches is 75 people or less. In the country, country of U.S. Yep. Now, if you start going globally, it it, it probably is it probably is smaller, and and the, the it, that may be tough for us in America because the image we have and and those that get the most notoriety uh, tend to be longer larger churches, and larger churches do cover a ton of people, but if you were to list churches just by number you would have an overwhelming number that are 75 people or less doing big things, doing great things, doing magnificent things, doing kingdom work. This is not a slight against mega churches at all. Hallelujah, we praise you for them as well. And, and, and many mega churches started off with 75 people. So, so we celebrate what God does. But sometimes we can think that, that, the, that, that once we get to a certain level, then we can begin investing. Once we arrive at a certain place, then it's good to start investing in kingdom things. And it couldn't be anything further, further from the truth. I love that in this, in this sacrificial offering that they gave, that they invested in, in Paul and the kingdom, it was acceptable, verse 18, and pleasing to God. You want to know how you move, how you act, how you respond, how you gain the favor of God. One of the ways is investing in his kingdom stuff. I was just rapping with Ken today, and he was telling me about a, a, a book that he's been reading. And, it's, and it's, we, we've been journeying through some stuff Tony Evans had been teaching on called, he has an entire series about the kingdom, but we've been talking about some stuff for kingdom men. You want to be pleasing to God? Present something that invests in his kingdom. I got I gotta I gotta just shout out God right quick for a second. 
because God has shown up and shown out again and again in the life of this ministry. Let me let me just let me let me list off some stuff. We have had uh, on the high side of four pastors at MacAv that all were here through people supporting us from elsewhere, from us raising support and God allowing there to be, that's on the high side. On the low side, we've had myself and Jenny be able to be supported, low side being staff, not low side being character, Jenny, you the bomb, don't get, don't, don't, don't mess her up, y'all. We've had folks give so that we could have uh, um, health care as pastors and as leaders. And sorry, y'all, but that's something that you, that like, don't, don't, I don't take it for granted. I know pastors that are working hard, serving hard, and have no health care. Let me tell you about the, the thousands of hours that have been volunteered at Mac Development. Thousands upon thousands, from 48214 care to missions teams to church members out, uh, thousands upon hours. Mac development, Lord. We have started a nonprofit that somehow is able to help pay salaries of individuals, have a building. We, we got a building? Come on, y'all. You talk about kingdom investments that people have made. Like, like I want to I teach you the theology. I want you to understand the, the background. I want you to see what is pleasing and acceptable to God. But I want to celebrate God because he's moved in mighty ways in our midst. And sometimes you can get so excited for what you long for that you miss what he's been doing. And so we got kids that's been trained through our Mac kids for, for years. We have teens that have been invested in, that, that have been invested in for years. There are some kids in our neighborhood that have moved four and five times around our neighborhood, but they remember Hannah and Alex and Sarah and Joel and Sandra's hours upon hours of free pouring in and investing into our youth. They remember a stable place here at the church. We have supported missionaries that are overseas, the, the, the Her Millers that are overseas, the Miguels that are overseas, the, the couple with the two beautiful kids that just left somewhere, can't say their name because we ain't supposed to say their name online, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Happy for them that we're supporting them overseas. We've had a pickup truck donated to the church so church members could use a truck if they was renovating their house or helping a neighbor. We've had a minivan, no, a 12-passenger van donated. Family, if I could start listing all the ways God has shown up financially in this place, I would start breaking down. He has been that good. But why? Why do, why do we reflect on these things? It's not because we're trying to get you to donate here. 
You see, Paul was not saying, well, look, let me go ahead and tell y'all how dope y'all are so y'all would give me more money while I'm, while I'm shackled down. No, Paul was saying there's a kingdom that is bigger than what I experienced. Even though I go through trials, I know I don't go through it alone because y'all are giving out of what you don't have and you give because of God, not because of me. And so I'm grateful for every person that is given, people who will give, those that donate. But I'm also grateful because you give to, for a purpose that's bigger than Mac have. You believe in something that's bigger than just youth. You care about more than just streets being clean. You want to honor God. And God is pleased. Lastly, we look at this, this entry point into joy. Man, I started thinking about so many things. I'm thinking of the, the Mac development board that has served hours upon hours for years. I think about the elders. I think about, I think about coming to this church building. And before I could get to the church building one Sunday, Ken and Kenny Mo were already outside shoveling the snow. Didn't even have to call them. I think about the ways that our folks have just showed up and invested, man. And I'm so grateful. We sit in a building with no debt, y'all. No debt in a gymnasium. When we were already doing sports and God had a spot for us that he knew was going to continue with the mission of Macav. Come on, man. He is so able. But I love how he puts the focus on what's most important, and I, and I want to make sure that we don't, get, we don't get lost. Look with me in verse 19, y'all. Keep it together, Lord. Keep it together. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, now let me, let me, let me, let me. You might be saying, Pastor, you're talking a lot like, my hope is that you at some point in this sermon feel convicted about the ways in which you give, that you are one of the elements within this relationship. You are either a Paul that is on the front lines about the gospel, wanting partners, or you are a partner that's willing to fellowship and walk with others and give. I'm hoping that you're willing to be one of those people and convicted. Pastor, does that mean I have to give all of my money? No. Pastor, does that mean that I have to quit my job and go serve in, in, in some place? No. I trust that God will work with you on how much to give. I trust that God will work on you in what way to serve. But I'm praying you enter into that joyous tension. Verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I like this brother, Donald Evans, Donald Adams. He says, with hands outstretched, Jesus is saying that true riches are not a matter of what we control. True riches are a matter of what controls us. God's glorious riches in Christ Jesus are centered in what comes into our lives when we allow him, his love and truth, to be the controlling center of our lives. If you want to understand riches, simply look at verse 19. Because you see, in this investment, in this kingdom investment, 
you have the opportunity to understand riches from one of two ways. That the human way of attaining riches is to grasp. It is to reach out. It is to try to take hold of. It is to, to, to try to climb that ladder so that you can be on top. It is to try to obtain material things to provide you some type of wealth. It is to try to find a sense of peace in getting material things the beauty of riches, the beauty of that, that allure, that, that $22,000 paycheck was the biggest paycheck I had ever made when I was working in that school system. And yet, it wasn't enough. That 22 wasn't enough. But, it, but, it, but if we can be honest, when our, when our desire is worldly things, it's never enough. And we are trying to grasp riches. And it's never fulfilling. But see, the, 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 the counter way, the kingdom way to understand riches is no, you're not grasping for something. God is placing something in you that flows out of you. So instead of grasping for, God is grasping you. And so now he's placing riches in you and us like grace. He's placing riches in us like mercy. He's placing riches in us like serving. He's placing riches in us like sacrifice. He's placing riches in us like suffering. And see, instead of you being a person that's trying to grasp and gain more riches, you actually are receiving his riches imparted into you so that you can go out and be a blessing. See, sometimes you stand back and you're making 22000 but you're richer than any person in the room. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to make ends meet on this check, but you know you got a peace from God like you had never had before, and you good. You see, sometimes you acknowledge that this big check you just received, this, I was talking to a friend of mine, the pastor that saying, hey, y'all, pray with me. Me and my wife have been trying to get into our neighborhood, their neighborhood, skyrocketed. It, it, it took off in value in Detroit, and uh, they want to, they, they, they took on the task of remodeling their church, and they added a gymnasium to their church, and they just wanted to live near the church and be in the community. And uh, they found a house, found a guy, a guy was willing to sell them the house and do all the renovations. And they was coming up a little short on the money. Come on, Chris. They was coming up a little short. And his brother played around in the stock game. Started doing the crypto and, the, you know, the whole, I don't even know enough to act like I can talk. He was doing the crypto and uh, he made a ton of money. And when he made it, he called his brother and said, man, I want to bless you because I know y'all are trying to do some kingdom work. See, I don't know where you fall in here, but, but see, when, when you've got God in you and his presence is in you and his riches are in you, even the way you control your riches changes. 
We don't write checks the same way we used to. It's not just about my vacation in Acapulco. Ain't been to Acapulco ever. But now I start thinking kingdom-minded. How, how can this pen and this checkbook invest in kingdom things that I can bond with people? And so I have people that have never been to Detroit that have made it so that my family could eat every week. And I know some, there's going to be a day in God's kingdom where we celebrate together and we're going to be, mm-mm, mm-mm. We're going to be stepping it up together because we was walking hand in hand in God's army in unison and fellowship. See, fellowship is not just friendship. It is about kingdom people being about God's kingdom goals and doing it together. Family, my prayer is that, that we would see that this God is so amazing that he says, you want to experience joy? You want to understand the joy that I offer? Recognize that I'm the one who provides everything. And I want to empower you. I want to equip you. I want to see you be a blessing and be of great support. Family, I, I pray that you will, you will understand the importance. Not simply the importance of giving, because this could sound like a sermon where I just want you to, okay, bring out the tithe basket. Everybody, you should be expected to do Get four times the amount you usually do. No, we're not. We ain't going there. And this has been abused by many. I pray that you will not see uh, that you won't be challenged in that way. But you would be challenged to say, Lord, first off, how do I give? Because if I'm not giving with the kingdom in mind, then I'm missing the whole point, right? Jesus gave his life so that you would have life and have it more abundantly. That's the first step. First step is to receive a gift given to you. And if you are here present or if you are at home and you've not yet received Christ, the gift that he offers, our prayer is that you would, you would change. Change by accepting, not change by doing, change by accepting the gift that he gives which is new life. And that new life is experienced because Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us from sin. Sin distorts how we use finances. Sin distorts who we think is successful. Sin sets us on our own plan for our own kingdom. And Christ says, no, I have a kingdom agenda that is so much bigger. But first, you got to accept my gift. And in accepting that gift, and believing that you as a sinner now can be saved from sin, from, from eternal damnation. You as a person can now walk with God. He fills you with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now dwells in you and leads you and gives you gospel-centered wisdom. But it don't stop there. Because see, you could think that you accepted Jesus, now you got the Holy Spirit and you're good. No, he gives you community so that you can do life and fellowship with other believers. Our prayer is that you would accept Christ today by simply praying this prayer. 
Lord, please forgive me for my sin. I believe that you died so that I could be free from sin. And I believe that you are in charge of my life. Help me to submit to your ways and not choose my own. Let me listen to the spirit that now fills me so I may be able to experience your joy and bring you joy. Let me connect with community so I don't walk this walk alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.